So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, let's turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. We're going to read just a couple of little short verses there. Be sure to get you a bookmark and put in 2 Timothy because we will be looking at some other Scripture and then uh, coming back to this. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. Y'all got her? Amen? Amen. Let's look in verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness. That word hardness means hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Did you get that? Did you get the part about hath chosen him to be a good soldier? Now, let me visit with you today about hold on good soldier. Hold on, good soldier. Now, first of all, let me uh, tell you a thing or two. Maybe you already know this, maybe you don't. You probably do because I've preached on it about 10,000 times. But there, what I want to tell you is that there is a war going on and you have been enlisted to serve on the front line. Now, when I say that, this wasn't a draft. This, 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 you know, you didn't have to, do you, Curtis, you remember when you turned 18? I know when I turned 18, my old World War II Navy dad, he just pointed at the car and pointed toward the post office and said, it's time to go sign up for selective service. And so that's what I had to do. But you didn't have to register with selective service. This army isn't a volunteer militia you didn't have to, nor could you, choose to be here. You were chosen. Did you see it in that verse that we just read? You were chosen before the foundations of this earth was laid. And I'm going to show that to you here in a minute. And may I tell you that your commander-in-chief in this army is the Lord God Almighty. Now... He has ordered your enlistment. It wasn't based on your previous service in any church. It, it wasn't based on your abilities. It wasn't based on your abilities. How many times have you heard me tell you God doesn't need your uh, ability. God needs your availability. God needs you to be willing to do what He wants you to do. To go where He wants you to go. So when God took a look at you, God didn't assess your qualifications on your education or how He made His calculation about each one of you. His determination to enlist you was by divine predestination. I, I, I like the way Paul said it. I want you to turn to Romans, the 8th chapter. Be sure to put your bookmark there in 2 Timothy and turn to Romans, uh, the 8th chapter, because Paul said it at best. Romans, the 8th chapter, look in verse 30. 
By the way, you may want to take a pen in hand and jot down a few scriptures as well because I'm going to just refer to them and, and you may want to go back and look at them later. Romans 8.30, y'all got it? Amen? Amen? Moreover, whom He did what? Predestinate. I told you. Them He also called. And whom He called, and by the way, that word called means summoned or invited. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. You see, God's purpose for people wasn't an afterthought. It, 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 it was settled before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. It had already been predestinated. So what we need to do is to serve our commander-in-chief. What we need to do is honor our commander-in-chief. Why? Because our commander-in-chief knew us before we ever existed. Knew us before we were ever conceived in the womb. And, and God has always known about each one of us. And God's love is eternal. His wisdom and, and His power is supreme. He will guide you as well as protect you. So you need to understand that, that we were predestinated to be called to this army of the Lord. I don't intend to mislead you, and I, I don't want to do that. But I, I and I don't want to give you a false sense of security uh, that that would suggest that you are free from trials and tribulations. What did we just read in Second Timothy? It, it said that word hardness. And I said hardness means hardships. In fact, your current situation, your current circumstances just may be a direct result of your enlistment in this army. In fact, the reason you may be going through some of the problems that each one of us are going through right now is because of, of, of being enlisted in this this army how many of y'all know the song on the battlefield have y'all ever heard that song on the battlefield it's uh if you got one of these little red books handy it's on page 26 but the chorus goes i'm on the battlefield for my lord for my lord yes i'm on the battlefield for my lord and then it says, uh, well, if I can find it, I promised him that I would serve him till I die. So I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Now, you see, when, when you started singing that song and you think about that song, you just signed up for what you are going through, whatever circumstance or situation you are dealing with today. But I came to encourage you this evening. And, and what I want to encourage you is to tell you to hold on, good soldier. Hold on, good soldier. He told me to encourage you. By the way, I want you to turn to James, the first chapter. James, the first chapter. 
Y'all can, y'all can, y'all can go home and y'all can YouTube on the battlefield and 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 get you a a, a good version of it and and hear the song and it's it's you'll see what I'm talking about here. But right now I want you to turn to James the first chapter because while you're on the battlefield, this you need to 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 keep in mind. Now remember, I told you that it. I, I didn't want to lead, lead you astray and say you wasn't going to have trials. You wasn't going to have uh, tribulation. Okay, y'all in James, the first chapter? Amen. All right, I want you to look on at verse 2. Now remember this while you're on the battlefield. It says, Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That word patience means to endure, to stay under. Worketh patience. Have her perfect work that, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I want you to understand this army that you're in and, and the position you're in right now, you are at basic training. Uh, speaking of basic training, once you are in basic training, certain expectations or required of you. So I need you to understand that the commander in chief expects us, as the Bible says in Colossians 3 9, to put off the old man with his deeds. In other words, in this battle that you're fighting, in this army that you're a part of, you can't act like a civilian anymore. Now I want you to think about this. When, when, when we become believers, when we become followers of Jesus Christ, we are, we are enlisted in this army. And when we are in this army, we have to start focusing on what God wants us to do, not what the world wants us to do as Christians. What is a Christian? Christ-like. In other words, we should be more like Christ every day. We should be growing. We should be maturing. We should be coming more like Him. Acting more like Him. People ought to be able to point at you and go, there's a Christian. There's something strange about that old boy right there. He's different. Why? Because you don't fit in. You're not like everybody else. You stick out like a sore thumb. So now I want you to go back to 2 Timothy. You kept your bookmark there. Go back to verse 4. And this may sound a little different because I got this out of the uh, New Revised Standard Version. It may be a little different than your translation that you're looking at. But, but there it says, No one serving in the army gets entangled in everyday affairs. The soldier's aim is to please the enlisting officer. In other words, we don't need to be worrying about... Now, I told you, Sharon, you're frowning. I told you it was going to sound different because... It's different. I don't know what translation you've got, Sharon, but that's the new Revised Standard Version. That's the, uh, that's the reason why it sounds a little strange. But now, talking about going through stuff, I want you to understand this. I mean, you're going to go through stuff. So we don't need to worry about whatever we're going through, the suffering because of, of the thought of winning. You know, not because of the, the vision of victory or, or the hope of the harvest. We will see our suffering is worthwhile when we achieve our goal. And what is our goal that we're trying to achieve? Yes. To glorify God. 
to glorify God, to glorify our commander in chief. So now this is going to be something you've heard a hundred times before, but I think it's very relevant for what we're talking about today. I need you to turn to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and I want you to start in verse 11. I'm going to give you just a second to find it. Don't be cheating and reading ahead. <laughs> Ephesians, the sixth chapter. It's going to be very familiar when you get there. Every one of you is going to look at it and go, oh, no, man, not that again. But I feel like it's very relevant for what we're talking about. Hold on, get back. He's already shaking her head. <laughs> Y'all got it? Amen. Ephesians 6. You got it, Ann? Look in verse 11 because it teaches us to how, how to dress while we're in this army. It starts off by saying, put on what? The whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, because in this fight, look at this now. I told you we are in a war. We are in a battle. You are part of the army. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, let me just stop right here and interject something. You know, as we do our work, and I've said it before a hundred times, when we start doing our work as Christians, you can bet that here's going to come the devil. And he is going to start confronting you and he's going to do anything in his power to shut you down. And I want to tell you something. In this old world that we live in right now, we see some crazy things going on. I mean, I hear about, you know, I start the church this morning going to Rockwood and it happened to be 10 o'clock and I was listening to the radio and, and there comes on Fox News and there's another mass shooting. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? You see, is, what, what, what did it say in verse 12? What are we wrestling against? No, no. Not against flesh and blood. This, this is Satan. This is him and all of his minions stirring up as much trouble as, as you, you, you know, as he possibly can. And that's what we see going on in this world. What is supposed to be bad is counted good. How's it go, boy, Joe boy? I should have looked it up. Call call good, evil, evil. Yeah, when we call evil good and good evil. What do you see going on in this world right now? What do you think that's coming from? It's coming from Satan. You see, he is causing as much problem as he possibly can. Now, this is the reason why it is so, so important for you to be buckled up in this army. Because God is counting on you to point people to better things. Why is all this craziness going on? Because people are looking for something and there's this big old hole in them that they can't fill up. So they're just grasping at anything and everything they possibly can. When it all boils down to Jesus. How are they going to hear about Jesus? What is your job? To tell them. 
To be examples. What did I tell you? What was it last week, the week before? Do the good you can do right now. Do what you can do right now. And it's real easy for us to get down. It's real easy for us to say, why do I want to waste my time in this crazy old world that we live in? I'm not doing any good anyway. Well, you can't just sit around on your bowhine and expect things to get better. You got to get involved. And you are enlisted in the army. So we got to get busy. That's what we've got to do. And I've told y'all before, we're not going to save anyone. You can't save anyone. I can't save anyone. But we can point people in the right direction. We can lead them to a point to where it comes down to where they've got to decide what they're going to do with this Jesus dude. Because that's what it boils down to. And, and you, you can just see it happening in the society we live. You can just see the division getting wider and wider. You're either on God's team or you're not. And there's no middle road, Larry. You can't stay in the gray area. You either got to be in the white or you're in the black. You got to pick a team. And understand, and we've talked about this before, the battle between good and evil is it is all out brutal spiritual warfare and I don't know if you really realize just how dramatic it is it is almost unfathomable alright I'm going to quit ranting and raving go back to preaching verse 13 still in Ephesians 6 wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girth about with truth to protect your heart and chest we must have on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, I must tell you, in this army, you're going to have to endure some hardships. You're going to have to. That's just the way it works. And just because you're in the army but, and you're facing that while you are enduring whatever you're going through, hold on, good soldier. Just hold on. Now, here we got to talk about our latest operation order. Because we have to understand this. And we just, we just read it. We just read it in Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But yet, while we're wrestling, I still have to encourage you to just hold on. You know, and here's the reason why. And this is the reason why we need all of the things that we just talked about in Ephesians 11 and 6, 11 through 18. This is the reason why your enemy has a arsenal of weapons as well. Yeah. 
that He will use. You know, and, and you just think about this. Satan will try to keep you depressed. He will try to keep you suppressed. He will try to keep you compressed or distressed. But be encouraged in the midst of this fight. Be encouraged. And I want you to turn to Isaiah 54, the 17th verse. Isaiah 54, look in verse 17. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen. What does it say? No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. You see, if you put on all of the whole armor of God, anything and everything that Satan throws at you, you're going to be able to defend yourself. Allow me to tell you that there are no changes in this order. None whatsoever. And, And somebody ought to be shouting hallelujah about that. Thank you. Now, so I need to tell you this. If Satan has pinned you in a position of of troubles, in a position of financial bondage, a position of agony, seeming defeat, uh, you just remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Do you find this in 2 Corinthians 10.4? 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what that means is this. We don't need to use human plans or methods to win our battle. What we use is God's mighty weapon or available to us to fight against these strongholds that we can pull down. Now, so we as Christians, we have to choose what method we're going to use. We, we either are going to use God's method or we're going to use human methods. And, and so, you know, that's what it boils down to. So what Paul is saying here, Paul is telling us to assures us that God's mighty weapons and God's mighty weapons are things like prayer and, and faith and hope and love, and God's Word, the Holy Spirit, they are all powerful and they are all effective. These weapons can break down any argument that some human comes at you with against God. And see what what Satan tries to do. Satan tries to get somebody and he tries to build a wall around them so high that no one can get to them. No one can tear them down. And he's got them in this grasp right where he wants them. But God's people can overcome that using God's weapons, God's arsenal to overcome these strongholds. Now, you must know your anointing. You're comfortable. And the commander-in-chief, get this now, outrake any foe, outrake any adversary, any opponent that you may encounter on this battlefield. And he can destroy any burden. He can destroy any yoke. He can destroy any bondage. And I understand. I'm just as aware of it as you are. 
Satan is alive and well. And Satan is doing as much stirring up as he possibly can. He is adversary number one to us as Christians. And that, you know, and, and when we start seeing all the crazy things that's going on in this world, we may convince ourselves and tell ourselves that he's winning, that we're losing. That's what, that's what we may kind of come to that conclusion. But hold on, good soldier. Why? Because I've received word from headquarters. And the commander-in-chief is going to make your enemy your footstool. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, just because you're in this army, and just because your commander-in-chief is God, Furthermore, any good soldier knows that he doesn't always know what to do. He doesn't always know what to do for this cause. So God has given us a soldier manual. A manual of a common task of army regulations. In other words, God has given us the manual. Bible. What does Bible mean? What does Bible stand for? Basic instruction before leaving earth. Leaving earth. So, what does that tell us? When you find yourself trapped in the foxhole of guilt or complacency or satisfaction or trapped with a troubled mind, you just need to read the manual. When, when you don't know what to do or how to do it, read the manual. When you're trying to know what the commander-in-chief wants you to do or says about your situation or how to handle it, you just go to the corresponding chapter and verse and read it. And one good one that I'm going to show you, you find in Isaiah, the 59th chapter. So let's go to Isaiah, the 59th chapter. By the way, Isaiah's got a lot of good stuff in it. Isaiah, the 59th chapter, I want you to look in. Oh man, I just found something good. (laughs) Isaiah, the 59th chapter, verse 19 says, Y'all got it? So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory for the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in. Who's the enemy? Satan. He shall come in like a what? A flood. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That word standard is banner. That's what, that's what that is. So, I assure you that the Lord will reveal, will reveal himself and his will to you through his word. 
You, you see it right there. When that enemy shall come like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When you're going through whatever you're going through, whatever challenge you may be going through, whether it's physical, financial, whatever it, it may be, in your soldier's manual, you will find out that weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. How many times have you heard me use that here in the last couple of weeks? So I need you to hold on, good soldier. Why? Because in your holding on, you will find out the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to him that endureth to the end. So endure hardness, good soldier, and hang on. Because if you think it's tough now, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the beginning of the beginning. So if you read your manual, you will be like Job and say, all the days of my appointed time, all of my enlisted time on my tour will I wait until my change comes. So hold on, good soldier, and wait for your change to come. Wait for your promotion to come. As you wait, read the manual. Find it, and in it, you're going to find out if you wait on the Lord. And it says this, and then I just found it. Where did it go? It's in Isaiah 40, verse uh, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen? Amen. Amen. Whoo! We're getting to the good stuff now, Justine. I'm starting to feel it. Watch out. So hold on, good soldier. So let's wind this down. Finally. My fellow soldiers, I ask you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Yes, there, there is going to be trouble from the devil. He's been causing trouble for a long time. Some tricks, some schemes by the devil, but you just hold on. Hold on through those trials. Hold on through your disappointment, through your struggles, through your battles. And just cling to your faith. Now, I know some days it's not easy. I know some days it's hard to be enlisted in this army. But I also know that we have a commander in chief who knows all about your struggles. How do I know that? Because what did we read a while ago? You were chosen before the foundation of the earth was laid. So, what was Paul telling Timothy here in the second chapter of 2 Timothy, that third verse. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What Paul was saying is the Christian believer is to be a strong soldier for Jesus. He was saying that a strong soldier suffers hardships. It's going to happen. 
No matter what the hardship is, though. You, you stay a good soldier. You hold on. He understands that, you know, he was saying that a strong soldier of Jesus is going to cling to his faith. And I told you earlier that Jesus understands everything you're going through. You know, we just finished up last week on our Easter four-week series that we had. And we talked about all the things that Jesus went through while He was on that cross. And I want to tell you something. I, I, I know you face a lot of hardship, but I don't think you faced anything tougher than what He went through. So He understands. He knows why. He's been there. He's done that. He suffered hardships. Why did He go through what He went through? So men and women, boys and girls, may be saved from sin and starvation, from evil, from disease, from corruption, from emptiness, from wrong, from loneliness, from death, from judgment. I could go on and on and on. But what does he tell Timothy? He says, as a good soldier, a strong soldier, a soldier does not become entangled with the affairs of day-to-day -day living. What do we got to do? We've got to stay focused on Jesus and His cause. That should be our goal. What did we establish well ago? To glorify God. You know, and, and stay focused. Why is it so important for us to stay focused because we're trying to reach a dying world. We're, we're trying to reach a world with the message of life. That there is something better to cling to than drugs or alcohol or whatever else that gambling, what, I mean what, whatever you want to talk about. That there's something better. Telling them that they can have a life now. Live a life now. A life that is abundant and overflowing. That they can live eternally knowing beyond any question that they're going to live forever. Never tasting death. Now I know what you're thinking. You're going to taste death. Everybody dies. You're right. Everybody dies once. But if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to die twice. And that second one's the bad one. That's the tough one. They have to hear about the commander-in-chief who can give them life. So this is the task of a good soldier. We never divert from the cause. Nor do we become entangled with all the affairs of this world. As a good soldier, we don't have to worry about Calvary because Calvary's already been dealt with. It's done. It's been addressed. And you remember what I told you. You remember what I told you when Jesus was on that cross. Everybody that detested Him thought they had Him right where they wanted Him. Satan thought he had Him right where he wanted Him. thought, I'm rid of this sucker once and forever. But that was Friday. Come Sunday morning, something happened. 
Something changed. Because He got up and He declared that all power was in His hands. And it's still there, isn't it? It's still there. It ain't went nowhere. So what I love about being a soldier, and I want you to think about this, there's different branches. You know, when you're an army guy, what does the army say? Soldiers can be all that they can be. When you're a Marine, you're a few, the proud, a Marine. When you're in Air Force, aim high, fly, fight, win. And the Navy says what? Get real. Get better. But there's one more branch. And I want to tell you about a branch that's God's army. And what's our slogan? Glory to God. Glory to God. And on earth, goodwill towards men. See, we may not have a yeehaw. We and I may not have a hoorah. But we've got glory to God who has all power, who is in control. And I tell you again, hold on, good soldier, and fight the fight to bring glory to God. Remember your motto, glory to God. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace. Father, we just thank You for all the blessings that You give. We thank You for the opportunity to be in Your house today, Father. To hear Your Word proclaimed. Father, we just thank You for loving us. We thank You for all the good things that You bring us, Father. And certainly, we sound like a broken record, I know. But Father, we desperately need rain that only You could provide. A lot of people suffering. A lot of people hurting. And not just necessarily, Father, from it being dry, but there's a lot of other things going on in this world that's causing a lot of suffering. So, Father, we just pray that in Your infinite mercy and grace, some way, somehow, You can alleviate and bring comfort in all this suffering. Father, thank You for loving us. Thank You for providing a Son that died for us, that, that we could have forgiveness of sins. We could have eternal life. And Father, now you just, we ask You help us to go out and be that good soldier that we just talked about. That we'll get on the front lines. That we'll give it every effort. And not faint, not give up. Just do what we can do. And plant the seeds that we can plant and let You water them and let them grow. Certainly, Father, we pray for all the folks that we've got on our prayer list. Father, we just ask that You meet those needs. Just help them through this trying time they're going through. Father, we just ask that You continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live. And we ask that You forgive us when we fail You, Father. So as we depart this place, we just ask Your guidance and direction upon each one of us. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.